0: Really good stuff from one of the K. Arthur Bible study people. Um, and that's an excellent study to do. Several of us did that study together, and that's going to really help you if you want to do a study. J, J-A-Y, the name J. No, J-A-Y-S-N-E-L-L dot org. And then, um, K. Arthur's book, Our Covenant God, is a great refresher, and the two that go a little deeper than that are Andrew Murray, um, The Two Covenants, and also Our Blood Covenant, or Just Blood Covenant. Um, Andrew Murray's stuff is great, and that, you know, it's, first of all, it's going to help you with your own walk with the Lord, because... It, it just gives you basically foundation place that where, if anything is opposite, you just come back with, no, it is written, you know. So it's, it, it's really a resource every believer, if they're ministering, should have in their toolbox. So that's just a couple of places you can get some of that. Yeah. Our Covenant God. And that is a hardback, but I think it's been around so long you might be able to find it at not too horrible a price. Um, did, Lane, did you buy it from the? When I had it, or did you buy it online when you got it? I bought it? it at Amazon. At Amazon, okay. So, you know, and you know, a lot of times Amazon, they have used ones. Yeah. So Yeah, and the Andrew Murray a little paperbacks. But Andrew Murray's stuff is fantastic. Anything you read from him is great. The other thing was um, someone was saying that they often will get the word of knowledge but not the prophecy. And as they said that, it's like, okay, let's say you just did that and you don't have a prophecy. Often if you start with either a scripture or a covenant truth that you know, something you know that's, true and opposite to the situation just by beginning to minister in scripture brings you back sort of right brain rather than analyzing I don't have anything left brain and it actually re-begins the prophetic flow because sometimes you get halted so that's just another way that you know you might move a little more into into prophetic. Um, What I'd like you to do now is go to the end of your syllabus let me see how they did it here do we have like a title what page does the um we're going to go to the prayers 14 yeah page 14 now we are asking of you and if this is a problem let us know but we're asking everybody to be on the same page with some renunciation now some of you have already done some of them um actually john let me have you back up one real to what Freemasonry is. Let me just, is there anyone here that doesn't know what Freemasonry is? For you it's forwarding. Page twelve in this book. It's not on page twelve in my
1: book. Okay. Page
0: on the Why don't you read that to us, John? You can see it better than I.
1: Freemasonry mm-hmm. is a powerful old eternal order that began in the early 18th century and some people knew really earlier. However, it's used to go back to Druidism, uh, to the degree system, and as far back as ancient history <coughs> religions, including Babylonish, Egyptian, Lusacrutian, Kabbalistic. It's the largest secret society in the world. Uh Wikipedia lists that there are about five million members presently. Many of the founders of the United States of the Masons and of the Washington, Franklin, and signers of the Declaration of Independence. Mason joins the organization to fulfill certain obligations and promises covenantally, I should say, covenantally, so bond themselves to certain codes and curses and penalties for breaking those.
0: That's good. I think that that we're going to – yeah, that's good. The main point being, even if you or a member of your family has not been a member of Freemasonry, there's a good chance you've been influenced by it in business because these guys network through business and you may have taken on contracts and not realized that you got involved in the influence of it. And so um, there's a prayer – there's two prayers in here that are covering that. One, I just brought an amalgamation of prayers. A friend of mine who's a minister, we've been trying to get something that's more reduced than the Long Freemasonry prayer. Because <laughs> it takes a long time. It, really, it takes you about two hours. So plan for that if you're going to do it. And if you're going to go through deliverance between it, allow for three. <laughs> so, um, And really, I do recommend. Yes, John.
1: The thought I wanted to make this on the screen I put uh, the second item. What was the negative effects of these groups upon the first to third millennial generation? Mm -hmm. My wife's grandfather is a high mason, and we found many many years later that that had a negative effect upon her and we were able to release
0: that. Right, right. And so the influence is there. it dulls people in the spirit because, and, and, and Freemasonry is only one secret organization, but it's probably the most recognized. You get into Rosicrucianism and OTO, you start to get into the sexual magic areas of it, because the higher you go in Freemasonry, the more you find out it's really about phallic worship. So you have sexual issues that are happening with people you have hoodwinks that get put on in the spirit realm it can really dull people and it's something just to keep in mind when you're ministering to somebody and you may not get it as a prophetic word but if you know you're going to have a 10 minute Q&A with the person you're going to minister 10 minutes you're going to have a 10 minute Q&A and then you're going to have a 10 minute Q&A among your team with the leader and you're going to go over what you heard because we want to just keep training while you're doing it and have interaction so if during the Q&A they start saying certain things by understanding when you read through some of these curses what's going on you might just bring it up and say is there freemasonry do you know, and we're going to offer that, aren't we Karen, as a, um, a prayer uh, and they can get them on the internet but we're going to offer it because we have found not only from the healing rooms through Granny Clark that there's huge amount of sickness because of Freemasonry but there's a huge amount of spiritual dullness and um, I would say beyond dullness um, trying to think of the word I would use but Apathy, um, insensitivity, hindrance of hearing God, um, and, and they contend toward becoming very religious and law-based because Freemasonry is based in law. I'm sorry, John? A lot of confusion. So if you're hearing that, it might just keep in mind, secrecy huge. Huge, 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 huge. So if you have people, you know, that you can just tell there's something on them, like they're holding back, it's often because this is in their background. So all that to say, as we go through um, page 14, back to page 14,
1: ignore the first inertia prayer. We're going to be doing that in a minute. Um, There is a renunciation list here. I want everybody to do this. You're responsible to
0: go through all these prayers before the end of the month. Okay, because we want everybody cleaned up before they start ministering with each other. There's some lists here. It's not exhaustive, though it may look so, but it covers a lot of territory of things that could be in your line or your family line background. And if you check them off, then this is something that you're going to wind up renouncing as you go into the rest of the prayers with Freemasonry, Eastern Star, any of those other secret societies, Knights of Malta, Knights of um, Columbus even. If you have leftover stuff, paraphernalia, your father left you his 33rd degree ring, you need to get rid of it. Now, if you will not get rid of it, you really can't be on the team. That's just the bottom line because you are opening a door for everybody else on the team. So. It, you know, work that out with God, but that's just a bottom line for us, okay? Any questions on any of that? Okay, So you're going to go through and see if you have any of those things. And if you guys have any questions or anything you're not sure, call one of us. Um, in fact, I'll just tell you when I was doing this list for the healing room, we were still praying for the healing room. We hadn't started. And I, one day I just thought, you know, I really should put fire walking on there. And I'm thinking, how many people do we know that fire walk? Well, you know, I put it on there, and I mentioned it when we were in intercession, and one of our leading, leading intercessors had done fire walking. You know, it's like you don't know people's backgrounds. You know, there's a lot of stuff, and you don't realize necessarily that those have occultic influences when you're doing them. So, okay. Um, yes. Either you've done or someone in your family not lying, you know that there's been that influence and you have not already dealt with that in prayer. Yeah, well, don't worry about it. It's only if you know and there's things there to provoke your memory is the idea. (laughs) Okay. Like there's stuff with, now there's like something right now where there's a woman who's a believer and she's been able to redeem certain things about yoga that are just about stretching and stuff and not the religious aspects of it. But if you were involved in it where you were doing sun god positioning and and your yoga instructor was not a believer, then you might have some stuff to still get cleaned up. So we're just mentioning things that you may not have thought of um, anyway okay so it's to provoke your memory we're, we're not collecting it this is for you to do and do that list before you pray the renunciation prayer so in your mind you're knowing hey I renounced that that's okay yes Jay
1: I was just curious uh, I didn't see this on the list um, have you had any experience with uh, labor unions people that are parts of unions do you know any have you heard or do you know of anything in that regard
0: there are labor unions that There's are brotherhood. There are
1: because a lot of the people behind well, obviously a lot of the you know back in the early century or whatever was you know mafia. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Well, with that obviously would obviously stuff, yeah, I mean, yeah. Though they not? May not be totally right. Just there, but you know, I'm just wondering if right. you do any.
0: There yeah, is. There's a labor union. You know, Some are. <laughs> Right, right, right. One, right. well, Freemasonry came out of a union, basically. I mean, that's where it started. That is, yeah, it started with the guilds, and then they, they spiritualized it. Well, it's Scottish, but it started with the guilds, and, and they were actually unionizing, so to speak, and then they put spiritual principles to it. But there's a union in Pasadena. I think it's off of Faroaks. And they've got their little pyramid there. And, and there's definitely some of them that I'd probably more spiritualized than others. If my husband were here, he could probably tell you more than I could. But if you feel like you need to, just renounce this. If there's nothing there, it's not going to hurt you. So, But it's a good point. Um, okay, so we're going to skip past the inertia prayer because I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's go to prayer for release of generational curses. This is just a gist prayer. I'm sure a lot of you have done this. We'd like everybody on the same page at the same time. So if you would indulge us and do it, um, that's on page 21. uh, Severing ungodly soul ties. If you can think of anybody, you might need to do that, especially after you go through the list. The whole idea is you may have partnered with someone spiritually and some of those things in the list you're not thinking of, and that would be a good person to break that with. Um, the reconsecration of the five senses um, is something I had to do. I come out of a really heavy duty background of occultic abuse. And so this was something the Lord revealed years ago when I was getting my own prayer that what happens is because we had the fall. And we no longer, you know, before Adam had the fall, he was in complete constant union and communion with God. Then when he got separated and he took on a flesh body, because now he lost the glory light that he was covering, he had to go into using his five senses. And so what God does is he redeems those five senses to be submitted to the Spirit, but in places that they aren't, this is just a, a good thing to do. Okay? Um... And then we come to the prayer of release for, how did I title that other one that you included?
1: The one before the main. Renunciations of, the new one that I modified. Uh, The
0: renunciations of legal rights. Do you have that in there? You have that last. Okay, it actually comes before Freemasonry because, you know, if you don't think, you fully got it. This other prayer is sort of trying to cover all blood covenants, all legal rights. It's a, it's a little more than the short generational prayer. But, you know, it's not going to hurt you to do all of them. Mm-hmm. So, if you even think, you know, ask the Lord. If you even think, do the full Freemasonry prayer. But make sure you do the last prayer no matter what. Okay? And did you guys have either something else before we go into... Okay. So now... Um, did you find the gyroscope or no? Oh, because you were late. Okay. Um, I want to talk about inertia and the inertia prayer that we're gonna do over you guys, but before we do it, we're gonna do two prayers with you before we just bless you in prayer. And one I want to talk about
1: is inertia prayer. Then we're gonna do a prayer about spirit and spirit and which we're gonna talk a little bit more about.
0: Um, before we do that. But let me just talk about the inertia prayer. Do we have that up, John? And Yeah, why don't you read the definitions while I'm finding my place here.
1: Okay. Uh, Inertia is just a fancy word for saying that when something is either at rest or it's in motion and it is disaffected by other things around it to change its course, for instance, the cars are parked from the parking lot are at the end Is the property matter by which you could interrupt or in uniform motion in the same straight line unless acted upon by some other external force?
0: Okay, let me let me interject right there. Okay, first let me let me back up a little and explain why we're even doing this. Okay. Um Several years ago, actually I think it was 2001, I was doing some ministry with Paul Cox, who has Aslan's place, this is a deliverance ministry. And I worked a lot with ritual abuse victims, and one of the things that um, Paul began to understand from the Lord is that when we have influence on the earth with things we're being hindered by, say, demonically, often we, do, we pray in a way where we're trying to take care of what that effect is, like whether it's poverty or um, you, know, you can't break free of occultic dreams or you know, whatever these issues are that are the results of the influence. But we often, um, we're not taking care of, not just the, the demonic, the demonic would be taken care of but it was only being taken care of from an earthly place and not a second heaven place. And the Lord began to reveal to him that there are dimensions in the second heaven which we were meant to be occupying. The church is meant to be occupying the second heaven. But in the places we're not personally occupying, it gives a right for the demonic to hold you captive in that second heaven place. So you're like busting your chops to take care of things down here, and you're not understanding why am I not getting any movement. And sometimes it's because of second heaven uh, influence that needs to be having you yanked out and reclaimed back into your position in the third heaven. You haven't moved from the third heaven, but you are no longer being influenced by that seated place in the third heaven in that particular Situation, which I going to explain a little more. So to understand this, inertia, like you said, it's, it's no power to move. Has anybody ever had a spiritual experience where you're stuck? Anyone ever? I'm just stuck. I don't know why I'm stuck. I'm praying. I'm so stuck. Okay. So um, to be inert is to have inertia without power to move or to resist an opposing force. You're inactive. You're powerless, lifeless, passive. Um, And a man may be inactive from mere lack of incentive, which in itself is a state of inertia, but one who is inert has something, now listen, now this is a definition that's not spiritual, but look at the spiritual implications. He's inactive from mere, um, one who is inert has something in his constitution or his habits which operates like a weight holding him back from exertion implying some defect of mental or physical constitution I would add spiritual there so in other words if you're not getting movement something else is going on okay so what happened was we prayed for this woman for I don't know two three hours I can't remember we didn't make a ton of progress, and I have a two-hour drive home from that, and I'm in you know, the back on the 14, and I'm just feeling so bad for this moment. I'm crying out, Lord, Lord, there's got to be a faster way. It can't be this hard to get people delivered and stuff, right? So by the time I get home, I'm tired. It's after a long day, and I start thinking about boats and airplanes, and I'm just thinking, I am so tired. <laughs> I need to go to bed. So, and I'm asking Rick about it, like navigating, i just like in this drift. Well, when I wake up in the morning, I have a vision and it was white light painting a gyroscope. Does anyone not know what a gyroscope is? Okay. You don't know what a gyroscope is? Okay, well, we're gonna, do you have a picture of one? Did you bring anything?
1: I don't have a picture of one, but I'm gonna describe it so you can get a picture in your mind. A gyroscope is a spinning body, a spinning circle. Flywheel, which has a heavier weight on the edges on the outside than on the inside. And as a result of that spinning motion, it is used in every airplane and every ship that travels on the sea, uh, and in every spacecraft that flies, in order for it to, uh, to follow a designated path. And when other things push against it, such as air currents for aircraft, ocean currents, or other microgravity issues in spacecraft, it, it creates a, uh, a field that allows it to move in a prescribed direction. And like if you buy a child's gyroscope, which is a little spinning wheel.
0: The top, like the spinning top.
1: You can actually put it on the top of a, a ballpoint pen and it will just recess around and it will sit on top of that pen or on the top of your finger. Uh, and you will not fall over because of the spinning nature. Right. So we've found, in the short, that there is a spiritual. Well, wait,
0: let me get, let me, I have some de- definitions I want to get to before we go there. Jump ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay, so a gyroscope, remember your spinning top when you were a kid that you pumped? That has gyroscopic inertia. Okay, the planet has gyroscopic inertia. Okay, we stay around the sun as a planet because of gyroscopic inertia. There's more going on, but in other words, we don't drift off toward another solar system, okay? But unfortunately, we have believers that do. <laughs> so, well, they are on this planet, they really are somewhere else, okay. So you have, okay, to give you a definition front, and this is gonna get to something, but I need to like layer it here. A gyroscope is a device that uses rotation to produce a stable direction in space, like a spinning wheel or a ball, and it has a rotor in it, it sets it in motion, the gyro resists the attempt to change the direction of rotation, okay, and as he said, they're used in flight and navigation, so that's why I was thinking about boats and planes, okay. Gyroscopic inertia is the tendency of a spinning body to resist any attempt to change the direction of its axis of rotation. So, you know, we lean toward the North Star, we stay on the North Star because of gyroscopic inertia. It keeps you fixed to a certain axial direction. Is that right, John? Axial? Axial, yes. Okay, now, gyroscopes have, that have the most inertia, now inertia can be good or bad, right? If you're aligned with God, it's great to have inertia because then nothing can resist you. But if you're aligned with something else, you are in big trouble, right? Okay, so you got that principle, right? The more weight on the outer rim of the gyroscope, the greater the inertia. So I go to the, I'm having this, you know, epiphany moment in bed with the white light. And when I saw it, I thought, i got to look up gyroscope because obviously this is God talking to me. And as soon as I go to the encyclopedia and it describes a wheel within a wheel. So where is that in Ezekiel 1, right? And that is how the Holy Spirit is described. And, in fact, just to, I'll jump ahead to tell you, this was in 2001. I don't know when Eugene Peterson did the message in the Old Testament, but I read it a few months ago. And in Ezekiel 1, he now describes the wheel within a wheel as a scope. So this isn't just, you know, some fantastic idea on my part, okay? (laughs) Just so you know. And I'd like you guys to read Ezekiel 1 because it's not in your syllabus you know, later to understand it. And you're gonna do the longer version of this prayer at home, but we're gonna do a short prayer with you. But the idea is that the eyes are on the wheel, okay, of of the the wheels of uh Ezekiel one. And the weight of that, think of the weight of the perception, the weight of the vision, the weight of that. That is the type of inertia as believers we're supposed to have to stay in alignment with what is further written in Ezekiel 1. And I just want to go into that a little so you understand what I'm talking about. So, uh, did you guys bring Bibles or not? For those of you that have them, you can open up to Ezekiel 1. And if you can share, that'd be great. There's just a couple of points to make. So, why don't you get the principle of this. So we know that it's a wheel within a wheel. We're in uh, verse 116, moving from there. We're talking about the four wheels. The other reason you know it's a gyroscope is, remember how it says they don't turn? They just go like this, or they go like this, or they go like this, or they go like this. this. There's no processional effect on those wheels. It has to stay in alignment, and you're going to find out why. Okay? So is, is everybody with me? Does anybody want to ask a question before I say anything else? Because I know it can be a little confusing. No? Okay. Um, So in verse 17, we know the wheels didn't turn aside wherever they went. And then we're told in 18, they are high and awesome. So the bigger and the heavier, you're talking complete inert state, non-movement from your place. Which for a believer would be staying seated in the third heaven, right? And functioning from that seating here on earth. Um, so now, if you go up to 20, wherever the spirit wanted to go, it went. And when the wheels were lifted up, the spirit of the living creatures went with them. So the inertia effect of this spirit, it, the spirit's going with the wheels. It just everything's congruent. In 21, that's where it tells you the spirit is in the wheels. So the spirit is in the wheels, that influence of that inertia is what is maintaining the influence of that spirit in us, right? You getting that? Okay. So now in 22, what the Lord began to show me, the principle behind this, besides the inertia principle, is that there is an alignment that's going on in Ezekiel 1 that is what we're all supposed to be aligned to. And when something demonic is influencing somebody, the weight of that which for a planet would be its mass right the mass our mass on earth creates the gyroscopic inertia okay so the more mass the more inertia bigger planet more inertia well for us as a believer what would that be well, it would be the weight of the glory of god but what's going to contribute to that what we're thinking and believing. If there, if we have a history that is stronger and greater influencing us in our mind and our heart than our new truth in Christ, then if I'm sitting here saying and I I'm, I'm a believer, okay, and I'm going to have all my covenant promises fulfilled, but in my subconscious there's a black hole drawing
1: me to oh, that <laughs> that was a
0: black hole all right okay yeah it does it hurts it really hurts but um you got the idea that's what happened you have to work. Woo! that hurts um anyway that that's the idea that you have gravitational force in a black hole we all know that right the thinking of the believer
1: has everything to do with
0: whether you appropriate this alignment. Did you have a question? Did you have a question? You
1: have a question.
0: Yes. Yes, to be filled with the knowledge of God. And the thing is that what we do is we we spend time confessing, which is good because confession is going to get it down lower, but as a man thinketh, 80% of your thinking is subconscious. That's just the real truth. So if your history hasn't been dealt with, um, you're not really going to be able to go where you're supposed to be going. And you have this black hole that's still influencing your thinking, even though positionally you're seated in the the third heaven. But you're not going to be functioning from that. Okay? So in 22, you have, this is the alignment that you have, right? So now you have the spirit in the wheels. Above that, you have a crystal, they have actually found in birds crystals in their brain I think right here like what we would call our pineal gland that actually navigates them so there's something navigational in this okay and then as you keep going now you have um, a firmament above that you have the voice of the Almighty then you have a throne okay so now we're, we're really seeing the third heaven right the throne then above that you're seeing um, the appearance of a man which would be the Lord Jesus Christ then above that you're seeing the fire then at the top of the alignment is the rainbow which is representative of covenant that's why again it's important for us to understand covenant promises because the rainbow represents the covenant of God and his promises so basically if you're properly aligned at the full height of your alignment you should be walking out all the covenant blessings and promises so from that I took that and the Lord had me write out this inertia prayer and I'm going to have Miss Vanessa once again, except I'm going to have you come to the mic, Vanessa, because we didn't let, let you get it on thing. Vanessa's had a couple of people she has prayed for. We've all prayed the inertia prayer for people for a number of years now that were in the healing room. And when, it, when this first happened, when I first got this prayer from the Lord, you know, I had it, and then my girlfriend had this major flood in her house, and I, we tried praying everything demonic away that you could think of. It was like one of these bizarro experiences that seems spiritual I said well I got you know this prayer let me try it I prayed it and her husband comes out whatever you did the water stopped okay then I'm praying for somebody with finances their finances changed that week it was like God saying there's something foundational understanding this I'm not saying it's a fix-all for everybody's problem the rest of their life but the idea of the inertia prayer is we want to get everybody aligned and off that other demonic influence they won't hold that place. It's, it, we're realigning them. They have to hold the place by their thinking, but we're at least trying to bring them back to North Star, so to speak, with this prayer. So, if there's anything of this in your own lives, hopefully it will help, but so that, I want you to understand it because some people, if they're in the Q&A, they're struggling. This is a quick little paragraph they can pray before they leave. Um, the other thing that, that happened is, is that people who really have this strongly, well, sometimes, especially if they're feeler types, and I didn't talk about seers and prophets, but maybe we'll let you do that. Um, th- or we can do it next time. But they feel a tugging, like they'll feel yank, because they're actually feeling the breaking off of the second heaven influence. So there's good places, apparently, in the second heaven. There's some places that the enemy has taken captive, and because he's residing there with your thinking, he holds you captive in that place. And this breaks that territorial, it's a spiritual territorial influence as opposed to an earthly territorial. Stronghold. Well, the stronghold's in the thinking, and then guess what? He got to make a fortress, and you're living in the castle up there, and you didn't even know it. Okay? So Vanessa's going to just share, just tell them a couple of things that happened recently with the inertia prayer that you did.
1: Um, (gasps) um,
2: You know, this is a prayer that Joanne uses and it's absolutely fantastic because so I've seen positive results with it but I've had to break it down into language people understand absolutely immediately people with no spiritual understanding and a larger context to put it in so I use very unspiritual language when I pray this prayer it's words like boxed in stuck, can't move, can't um, move forward, whatever the words you use, make sure they are, you know, the words that people that don't understand what inertia really means. Like, Joanne's had to explain this to me a couple of times and I've had to ask her a lot of questions because I am not scientifically minded and um, then I've had to read Ezekiel and look at the wheel and understand what gyroscope means so I've got a you know I've got a working understanding of it but when you're praying for someone and and you might only have five minutes You have to immediately come into a place that you can say this prayer, and if you can say it as Joanne's written, it's fabulous because that's a ministry time, but you might meet somebody in a prayer circle somewhere, like I have in my church, and you've got two minutes. (laughs) And so um, anything that says exactly the same thing in words, the vernacular that's current, that's up to date that you don't have to spend, say, well, inertia means this and I'm going to pray an inertia prayer over you and this is exactly what it means in Ezekiel. They get overwhelmed with with the words and the language. So use exactly the same meaning and context because it works. I prayed with somebody this the other day and it was in church and I used the language that made sense to her but it was exactly the same prayer. Um, Line up. Yeah, the concept was that they'd line up with the throne room and wherever they felt stuck, wherever they couldn't move forward, um, wherever there wasn't vision. Um, they said immediately after I finished praying, they felt a spinning sensation. And after I... they were spinning while I was saying the prayer. And as soon as I'd finished praying it, the spinning stopped. And she said, I feel different. I don't know what it is, but I feel different. And she said, I feel clearer. I feel like what she would call on course again. And so um, it's a great prayer to pray. I think Joanna's come through with breakthrough in this area in terms of people... Being stuck and not even having a vision of their future because they're not lined up with God's vision for them. And so um, I've used it, it works. So I encourage you to use it with people you pray for because there's a physical sensation that happens in their inner man that changes something about where they are. And what really God wants them to be, where God wants them to be.
0: Welcome. Okay, So and that's a good point. You know, learn your language for this. I think the idea is if you understand there's a principle. And the thing is, you could read Ezekiel 1 and not even realize there's a principle. But the, the main point of it is God ma- made this thing a wheel within a wheel for a reason. You know, you can read Ezekiel, it's like, well, it's out there. It's a wheel within a wheel, whatever. When you realize that's gyroscopic, that begins to bring it out of just the prophetic zone and revelatory zone into there's something extremely practical about this that God intended, and maybe we haven't gleaned that understanding. So all that to say that we are going to have you... I'm going to take care of my bleeding leg
1: here. Um,
0: We're going to have you... um, Pray this inertia prayer, and then we're going to go into the spirit of... Um, you have a band-aid? That'd be great. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so we'll ha- we're going to have you do that, and we're going to do the spirit of barrenness prayer. And before we have you do those prayers, we're going to just... Um, Karen's going to talk a little bit about why it's important to pray on the spirit of barrenness or miscarriage, because... Um, and then she's going to read something to get everybody, um, what did we do with it, Miss Karen? Hold on a second. Does anybody have questions about the inertia prayer before we go on? I don't know, this is just the original one? Yeah, this is it. And, uh, no. No,
3: this is the old one. We may just have to tell them, but let me see in the back it? Well, while she 's looking for that let me let me just talk a little bit about um, that whole uh, spirit of barrenness and um, actually a spirit of abortion it's um basically if you are in a, have been in a um church situation where uh, the ministry has been aborted or, or if there was something that was going on in your own life and the ministry has been stopped either from a moral failure or something uh um there there's something that kind of holds you in that and uh that's something that gary and i have experienced quite a bit um in the ministry we um And and we've been praying through that. Uh, There's some really good resources. Arthur Burke has uh, a teaching on that. And um, uh, why we're bringing it up today is for those of you who are feeling, um, that are are, are familiar with um, what's been happening with with Todd Bentley. And he's had a recent um, um, moral failure. that, that does affect us spiritually. You know, we are one body, we are one church, and so uh, we thought it was kind of interesting in terms of the timing with doing this. Um, so we want to be able to pray for you about that, and that's why we're. Uh, there was something that just came out today that's a little bit more um, has a little bit more details about what's going on with that, and. Um, so we wanted to pray for you about that, but because there really is an issue um, with that, with us spiritually, because we're in the same body. And when one person hurts, we all hurt. And, and it does affect us. It affects our grid. It, uh, it affects uh, how we approach even our destiny. And what Gary and I have seen with a lot of people that we've been in ministry with over the last 25 years is that um, uh, a lot of people quit. They lose heart. And they And they go to a safe place, and with this recent thing, and, and this is something we 've seen before, and with this recent scenario um, um as well, what what I've seen people, when when we have someone that's real prophetic or has some real profound um, anointing, Um, Gary and I obviously came out of Anaheim Vineyard. We did a church plant with, I don't know if any of you know, Blaine Cook. Um, We were right next door, uh, lived, we were next door neighbors with Carl Tuttle when he fell at Anaheim Vineyard. You know, we were at uh, Malibu Vineyard. So we've, we've experienced this a lot, but one of the things that happens with the church Big C is a lot of people hide out in what they think are safe places and they'll go to places that you know have no gifts and so on and so forth. So so but because of the wounding that it brings to, to your to your inner man. So that's what we want to pray about that.
4: Yeah, I just want to comment something too. You know, our culture in itself is really personality driven. So we we're very much caught up in, you know, uh, you know caught up with the Todd Bentley or uh, John Paul Jackson or someone else. Now, these, John Paul Jackson obviously didn't fall. But it's, it's what we've seen over the years is we've seen really, really highly gifted people fall. I mean, a lot of them. I can't believe how many of them. But, and why does God use somebody like uh, Todd Benton? You took a look at him about a year or so ago. He had no tattoos, and all of a sudden he had all kinds of Why do you use them? You know something went wrong in that time. And, you know, and and I don't really have a bottom answer for you, but the only answer I have is that God does use the foolish of this world to confound the wise. And he really wants us to be caught up in him and his spirit, not a person or what they're doing. And that's one of the reasons I'd actually seen as We started... Uh, Lakeland started happening, I began to teach on how you discern the difference and teaching about the soul and uh, about about people playing with our emotions to get us to certain levels because I wanted people to see that, yeah, that sometimes can work out all right, but it opens us for deception. So a lot of us, and and we have some uh, guilt in that too, and myself as well, is that we followed the person. And not realizing no matter what person is, they are a person. And they can't fall. And Tom Bentley didn't want to fall. I guarantee you he didn't want to. He didn't want to come shortcoming. Nor did Blaine Cook. Nor did Carl Tuttle. And my mentor was one of uh, John Paul Jackson's right-hand guys who's, according to him, one of the most prophetically gifted person he ever met. He's what it trained me. I saw that. And I saw it over and over again. And I had to learn to find the good. Find the gifting that a person have and look at the spark. So what breakpoint what we did is we we said, you know, we want to grab a hold of spark. We're not buying this whole thing. Not that it's not good, there's gonna be a mix. With the Anaheim days when we saw God moving off, there was always a mix. There uh and Lonnie Frisby is also a guy who first laid hands on me and I really kinda of raised up under him. They're gifted people, very gifted people, tremendous hearts and tremendous willingness to take risks. Which is how Wimber used to always call faith. He would risk things. And so the, the God likes that and uses that. But it's about him. And and, and we have to train ourselves to not to be disappointed men, because people are going to disappoint us. They all are. Everyone falls short. You know, some more than others. But they fall short. But we have to catch the thing from God and be willing to always to risk and always to take a chance. But on him. Not the other things. So this prayer we want to do is is to deal with, you know, what has happened in the church over and over again. When God starts moving and something like that, there's a miscarriage. Or an, uh, 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 or abortion, if you want to call the enemy doing it, because that's what he did. That draws us off the intended course that we're supposed to go on. And we want to be back on that intended course. And we want to know that it is all about Jesus. Him. This is about not cult mentality, not the cult of personalities that we often see. You know, we look at leaders, and if they're highly charismatic, they're a great leader. No, it's what God is doing. We have to look past that, and if we get around somebody that's charismatic or doing some great things, we realize where it's coming from. I, one of the things that was one of the worst things that I thought was when when all these prophetic, uh, uh, apostolic type individuals put their stamp of approval on it, I sat at home and go, are they nuts? Do they have no understanding? I mean, that, that is baby Christian stuff. You know, as a Christian, that it is about God, not about the man, and men fall. And you look at the person's past and it's not been strong, why in the world would you give your seal of approval and say, this is it, this is the man of God? You know, it's crazy. So when people do that, and the church looks at that and and connects with that, we get a brokenness in us. And you're going to find people that have maybe been open to the prophetic are going to get mad again. Uh, John Paul Jackson thinks it's going to put it back 20 years, probably over-exaggeration. But it's going to put us back because of that. But we can't have that in our own hearts And we have to be able to help other people that we're ministering to that may be kind of gingerly coming for a prophetic word to help them to see that it's about God. And people, yeah, they make mistakes, but it's about God. And that's all it is.
0: Um, And I I don't know um, if all of you, everyone's aware that Lakeland, in in terms of um, Todd, is on hole and he stepped down but late last night I received an email that there's now a further fresh fire ministry announcement that there was a woman involved. Right now they're saying it was an emotional connection. Um, There are more things that are going to come out along the way. I have a friend who's very involved with the board and they're still gathering information so There's still stuff to be found out, but the point being that this isn't about an opinion of, well, should he have stopped? If there's something wrong in terms of that he connected with another woman, yes, he has to stop. And that's why we feel, you know, okay to go ahead and say to you that if you watched it, if you got prayer from it, if you visited there... We want to pray this over you and for everybody. If you've ever been in, in a church that stopped, or the leader fell, or a movement ended, it can carry a influence of barrenness in your life spiritually. Can I ask uh, a
4: yeah.
0: What hasn't, fallen. hasn't I has not fallen? Put your hand down,
1: Vanessa. <laughs> I was at the same church as you. She looks for the good. Well.
4: Well. I was at no. Every member of your kids. was at Correct? Yep. You were carrying her
1: mom. I'm like, I was at her
0: church.
1: I was there. <laughs>
0: okay, so what we'd like to do, because we're going to go from that. We're going to have you read this out loud. Um, And then we're going to pray and break off that barrenness and abortion. Um, And I think you all know right now that I manifest a lot. If anybody has a problem, go to the back of the room and they'll pray for you back there. because That's who I am. And, uh, (laughs) And then we want to just bless you and release you to minister. And then when we come back at the end of the month, we will actually go through and walk out how the praying goes and have you praying for each other and stuff like that. Before that, is there any question about anything we talked about? Nothing. Okay. But well, if you do, email us, um, and we'll do the best we can answer. If you have a, you know, any issues that come up with the renunciation list, let us know. I had one friend who was an elder at a church who did the um, Freemasonry prayer, who was on our healing room team, and he came back to me you know after he said he wound up on the floor and he just could not believe that you know after this many years in the Lord that there could be this kind of an influence so just don't think how many years in the Lord that this is not going to help you it it could very well help you and you might find out something you didn't know You know, that you didn't realize was involved in your your generational influence. The more you have this inertia about who you are in Christ, I believe the more you can even resist that influence. But we're all at different degrees of our walk of being able to do that. So um, let me just say that, that, you know, some people think you shouldn't do any of these prayers. You don't need any of these prayers. You're a new creature. Idealistically, that is absolutely true. But I've just found that they sort of help people along the way as they're getting into their own revelation of who they are as a new creation. So, alrighty. So, um, why don't you put your books? In, we're going to probably want to stack chairs, right?
3: To pray. Yeah, we'll stand.
1: So, like, put your stuff to the side, and we can If you need a quick bathroom break, you have two minutes. come
0: right back.
1: No talking,
3: Okay.
1: okay.